This is Commissioner Sandy Brown, and you're listening to Pro Cross Talk. On Shriver. Snyder with scores! Now it's yeah. Cadell scores! Hands off for Rabel, switches hands and scores! Kylie O'Miller showing off those shifty skills. Right off the bat, there's Lyle Thompson! Welcome to Season 2 of the Pro Lacrosse Talk Podcast, the voice of Pro Lacrosse. I'm Hutton, he's Adam, and together we're bringing you interviews from all your favorite players and coaches, as well as news and analysis from all four professional lacrosse leagues. Welcome to another episode of Pro Lacrosse Talk. I'm here with my co-host, Adam Moore. This is our MLL preview show, where we're going to break down these MLL rosters heading to Annapolis in one week, as well as hear from Commissioner Sandy Brown himself a bit later. Uh, But first off, Adam, the Barrage are officially back. You have their roster. Uh, how much does that excite you for this upcoming MLL season? Yeah, I absolutely can't wait. So excited to see the squad back on the field. Uh, it's going to be an intense couple days uh, in this tournament style, five games. Obviously, I'm a little biased with the Barrage being back, but I'm so excited to see all six teams hit the field uh, and get some live action lacrosse going. Yeah, it's going to be exciting. I mean, we're going to have at least two games every day up until the final four, and then the championship will be the lone game. On, but we have a triple header to start on Saturday. Um, all six teams are going to be playing. And then after that, you know, it's going to be off to the races. Each team's going to play each other once, uh, five straight games. And then you have, you know, the final four, final four on Saturday and a championship on ESPN2 on Sunday. So um, let's talk, talk a little bit about the broadcast schedule before we kind of get into these teams. Only three games on live television uh, with ESPN2, the rest are on ESPN+, Plus, so you can watch those live still, but it's not going to be on your t- TV. You have to get a separate subscription. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? I, I was kind of hoping they would get a little bit more uh, TV exposure, especially since there's only a handful of leaks back and you're missing the major four still. Um, so a little disappointed in that, but uh, what are your thoughts on that, Adam? Yeah, obviously you'd love to see it um, on live TV to get into as many houses as possible, but Lacrosse fans will definitely have a chance to still watch with the ESPN Plus subscription. And Sandy Brown, when we did talk to him, mentioned there is a possibility to get a couple more games on uh, live TV as well. So um, hopefully that's the case and it can get into a few more households. But I am excited we do get the championship game on ESPN2 and that first Sunday set of games uh, on TV to get into as many households as possible. So. Yeah, no, I think that first set of Sunday games is going to be important because if they get a pretty good uh, TV ratings, we hopefully can get some of these games later in the week flexed. You know, maybe the uh, Saturday matchups at 1 p.m. and 4 p.m. hopefully on, uh, you know, July 25th. We'll see. You know, that's when you're starting to get into more. You know, I think that's baseball's opening day. I don't think, you know, it's going to be tough um, to kind of get any traction there. So the fact that they still do have that Sunday on ESPN2 is good, but yeah, you would like to see a little bit more, you know, maybe even on ESPNU if they're, they have the space, um, you know, we don't, we don't make those decisions. And hopefully, you know, the MLL and Sandy Brown can kind of use their, their pool a little bit to, to get more games on. But right now you can watch all of them on ESPN Plus, which is good. Uh, subscriptions are pretty cheap. You can also get them, I think, in the Disney Plus Hulu bundle. So um, it's pretty easy to, and accessible to get those games. But, uh, yeah, we would like to see a little bit more TV exposure because that's how you really grow the game. But they did release their rosters earlier this past week. Um, so there was some, some big names that were kind of missing. I mean, we, we talked a little bit about Kevin Crowley, uh, who the Barrage traded their top pick in the draft, you know, third overall pick to the Lizards to acquire him. 
um, and he is not participating. Um, a few other people missing, you know, Steel Stanwick, MVP last season. Um, you know, luckily the Bayhawks kind of replenished their attack a little bit, you know, adding Callum Crawford. Um, but I think that's going to be a, a big piece. He really meshed well with Lyle Thompson and uh, Colin Heacock down there. Um, so I, I don't know. It's, it's kind of tough, the fact that they're, they're going to be missing him. He played such a huge role last year, but you know, I think they're they're set that they're they still have a stacked roster that I think they'll they'll be okay. Um, some other names though, James Fahey, he announced that he's stepping away from lacrosse to kind of let his body heal. It's kind of more of an indefinite step away. I don't, wouldn't say he retired officially. His Instagram post leaned towards that he was just stepping away for now, um, kind of reevaluating so that maybe he could return in the future. Uh, Nick Mellon, who was the fourth overall pick for the Cannons. Uh, he's unable to participate. Um, you know, there was a big debate whether, you know, he, he, why he didn't get drafted in the PLL and then he ended up going, you know, MLL, but now he's not even going to get to play, which is, you know, unfortunate, probably work conflict there. Um, Kyle Denoff, another unsung hero for that midfield line uh, for the Cannons. But again, they're, they're pretty loaded. I think they'll be all right without him. We heard Sean Evans might be returning to the field with the Hammerheads, but he is also absent as well as Drew Shantz. And then, uh, you know, with Denver, it originally looked like we were going to miss uh, Miles Silva and then Tom Rigney was headed to the PLL. But we do hear that they are coming and getting to play, which is great news, I think, for both of them as well as for the Outlaws. We'll get into that a little bit later, but um, that kind of came down on the wire like last minute. And I, a lot of people were asking kind of why. And, um, you know, again, this is speculation on my part, but being an Army reservist, a lot of times with your Army training, you don't get your dates for when you're do- going to training. Until uh, you know, maybe even a week before. Um, so I think they were waiting on that, especially with COVID nineteen taking, you know, causing a, a lot of you know delays and things and different scheduling. Um, you know, they go away for three to four months for their basic officer leadership course, and you know they're kind of waiting on the army to give them the green light on whether they can play in this tournament or whether it's going to conflict with their training. And it sounds like you know it's not going to conflict. They're able to play for this week. Um, and as I mentioned on Twitter, uh, the last time Miles Silva. And Tom Rigney were in Annapolis. Uh, they won that 9-8 overtime against Navy in the 100th meeting of the Army-Navy lacrosse game. So they, they have a little bit of history winning in Annapolis. Um, hopefully, you know, they can continue that with the Outlaws together. Um, but those are kind of like the big missing. And then you mentioned the, the two ads by the Outlaws. Um, but just as a whole, Adam, looking at these rosters, which roster really stands out to you um, as the strongest? You know, it, this is an offensive league. Uh, and I think that Cannon's uh, roster, uh, after all the moves they've made this past offseason, uh, are at the top of my list. You know, they, they kept guys uh, like Mark Cockerton, who was one of their leading scorers last year. Uh, they added uh, arguably two of the best players in the league with Randy Stotts and Brian Cole. So I don't see how uh, this offense isn't going to score double digits. <laughs> Uh, points per game, um, not to mention a guy like Bryce Wasserman is also added to this roster. So um, I, and I'm pretty surprised at the return they did get for Colin Stotts. Um, it was big for the Cannons to add two of the top offensive threats in the league uh, to an already pretty potent offense. If it's not the Cannons, I don't know who it is. Like they're, they're just loaded top to bottom. Again, you know, Fahey, missing Fahey is going to be kind of a, a disappointment and you know not having Mellon suit up also but you know they still got Justin Pugel there um their offense of midfielders are just loaded with Kyle Jackson um you know Kyle Durth then you got 
you know, uh, Challen Rogers, who can go both ways, play short stick defensive midi as well. If you need him, um, you can score <laughs> as well. I mean, the reigning transition player back to back in the NLL. Um, and then that attack, I mean, adding Randy Stotts, I think is huge. Um, I really don't think the barrage should have parted ways with him. Um, cause you know, him and Shane Jackson paired up really, really well together. I know they still got Mark Matthews there. I know they were probably anticipating getting Crowley into that attack. Um, and they still have Tommy Palasak as well. So I don't think they're going to really struggle on the offensive side. Um, you know, add Brent, Brendan Sunday into that mix as well, but you know, giving up a guy like Randy Stotts, you got to get a big piece back. They get it. P.T. Ritchie, which is huge for their defense. You know, he's a leader. He's a veteran. But, you know, I think it's just really given the Cannons an unfair advantage. I mean, he is going to be feeding, um, you know, Bryce Wasserman. He's going to be feeding Mark Cockerton. He's just going to be dropping apples everywhere for these guys. And that offense is going to go through him. Um, and, you know, I, I could see him maybe having an MVP season, depending on, you know, how he holds up throughout this this week. because. Um, I just don't think there's another player really in the league with his skill set um, now. And the fact that, you know, the Cannons have him and arguably one of the best shooters and Mark Cockerton, you know, and then you got a great Dodger and Bryce Wasserman. It's just going to be, it's going to be very interesting to see. But another attack line that kind of could rival them a little bit uh, is the Hammerheads. Um, I really like their offense. Um, we'll get to the defense a little bit later because they kind of got rated by the PLL. Um, a lot of, you know, different questions there other than in goal with Sean Scannoni. But you got Michael Krause. Uh, you have Bubble Voigt, who had a phenomenal year last year with the Rattlers. Uh, he's going to have a larger role. And then you trade for Will Sands. Um, so, you know, Sands can do a little bit more. Not, not that Bryce Wasserman didn't have a phenomenal year with the Rattlers, but Bryce is going to, you know, take the ball. He's going to have the ball in the stick a lot. He's going to take it to the cage. He's going to score your goals. Uh, Will Sands can be that distributor a little bit more. He can feed a Michael Krause who can kind of, you know, blend in all over the field he can dodge from the wings then you got Bubba Boy who's going to be a natural goal scorer um, who I think we're going to see a lot hover around the crease um, you know they're going to use that offense is going to be very fluid I think you know Will Sands was kind of all over the field last year as well so um, I, I really like that offense the defense a lot of question marks there I mean you lose Donnie Moss uh, who you can run at short stick as well as long pole you lose Jake Pulver Eli Salama uh, and then Craig Chick, I mean, you lose those four defenders. It's going to be tough to kind of, you know, for them to kind of defend in front of Sean Scannone. We'll see. Uh, he's going to have to face a lot of shots. Um, not that he didn't last year, but he's going to have to really be on their A game, and they're going to really have to outscore teams, I think, to win. Um, but there are another roster that I kind of look at that, you know, could surprise some people, um, you know. And then the Barrage, too, uh, are another one that we, we've talked about. I'm going to be really interested to see how they mesh as in their first year, even though, you know, have a lot of people returning from that blaze roster, they did go through a massive overhaul. Um, you know, they still have Liam Burns on the defense. Uh, they added, you know, Mark Ivanchik on defense. They had some other pieces too, like, you know, Anthony Jokum, uh, who's going to be a two way midi for them. Um, Tyson Gibson is at the midfield for the barrage. I mean, they, they've added some pieces, in addition to the pieces that are already there, like a Tommy Palasek and then Alex Woodall at the faceoff X. Um, he's going to get you possessions. You know, they have the offense with Shane Jackson, Brendan Sunday, and Tommy Palasek to, you know, score a lot of points. And as long as Alex Woodall keeps making, doing make it, take it, uh, I think they could be, you know, kind of scary. Um, and Mark Matthews too, again, lethal out there. So I think that's why they decided they could move on from Brian Cole and 
Randy Sots. Um, but, you know, I would have liked to see them get a little bit more than P.T. Ritchie in return. Again, not, not a knock on P.T. Ritchie. I think he's going to really be a leader on this defense. But even if you get back what you want uh, in a trade to give up those two pieces, it's, you know, people are still going to be questioning that, I think, when we see the barrage face the cannons. So it'll definitely be interesting. But is there any rosters that you're, you're kind of suspect? Like, where are some of the holes that you see in some of these other rosters? Yeah, the main one I, you, you spoke about is, is that Hammerheads defense, and no fault of their own. They just got pillaged based off of the guys who left uh, for uh, the PLL. So that, that's a big one. Then curious to see what uh, the Lizards do, too. You know, they, they lost arguably the best player in the league last year um, in Rob Pinnell, one of the best players in the league in Rob Pinnell, um, who quietly had 63 points last year, right? So um i that whenever you lose that type of uh output um it's going to be tough to replace that and you know uh they brought some guys in like colin burke and andrew pettit uh who hopefully will be able to um make up for some of that um but they're both rookies so i don't see them um making as big of an impact as a guy like rob pinnell um will would have uh, if he was still on that Lizards roster. So um, they still have strong guys like those aforementioned rookies and Nicky Galasso, Dylan Malloy. Um, so they, they should be able to score still. Um, but I'm curious to see what they do with losing a big piece like Rob now because you, you mentioned it with Randy Stotts. Whenever you lose an arguably top 10 player in professional lacrosse, um, even if you get um, a combination of players that that equal that it's it's going to be a big loss for your squad yeah I know and I think Justin Ray is going to have to have you know a really big year for them to to make yep. an impact you know I, I really I don't have too high of hopes for them um, you know they still have a leader Ben Randall on the defense as well as Jack Kerrigan so um, you know they, they could surprise us but again like you said with the Pinnell situation you know people kind of forget that he had 63 points last year because they were so bad still. Um, you lose him, you know, that's, that's not a good sign, you know, when you're already last and then you lose arguably one of the best players in lacrosse. So, yeah. again, you know, it, I, I think the writing was on the wall for Pinnell, but people forget that he still had a productive season last year. Um, so that's, that's going to be interesting. Um, so, yeah, I mean, these rosters, though, I think a lot of the teams still match up really, really well. Uh, with each other like I don't think we're gonna have um, I think we'll still have some parity even though you know I do have a team not winning any of the games I still think they're they're gonna be close they're gonna be exciting games um, but with that let's kind of go through we're not gonna go through all the games we'll go through our, our records prediction so Adam why don't you start off with uh, where do you see each team starting with the cannons uh, finishing yeah based off of what we have I have the cannons uh, finishing in first place Bayhawks to the defending champs uh, still having a really uh, great five-game series. Outlaws and Philly making the playoffs. That last spot in the playoffs um, is going to be uh, to the barrage. I think they have a really strong offense, like I mentioned, um, and I think their defense uh, can hold them off. Uh, Lizards, five. Hammerhead, six. With just mainly because of that uh, loss on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, no, I, I have the same. I have the Cannons uh, finishing 5-0. and um, You know, I think the Bayhawks could give them trouble, but um, I, I really don't see them losing any other team. Um, and then I have the Bayhawks finishing 3-2, and Outlaws 3-2, and Barrage 2-3, and Hammerheads 2-3, and, and Lizards 0-5. But I have the Barrage getting in because they win the head-to-head -head matchup over the Hammerheads. 
Um, and I will say, you know, that, that we're looking at these rosters from a longevity standpoint of a potential full season, right? I mean, we're looking at them based off of this five-game series, looking at where, where they ha- have holes potentially and where they're going to succeed. But over these, some of these squads have back-to-back – they all – all these squads have back-to-back games uh, from in certain days. So um, you could see, depending on injury, depending on a lot of different things, uh, that these outcomes are, are vastly different. Obviously, we have uh, squads that we think are going to uh, make the playoffs just based off of how strong their officers are. Um, but this is a sprint, um, and it's going to be who's uh, prepared for that sprint who makes the playoffs. Yeah, no, for sure. And, uh, you know, injuries could be killer in this series. You know, they're playing, most teams are playing back-to-back games uh, every day. Um, so, yeah, the Barrage, are, are, they have the toughest schedule. Um, but then luckily, if they, you know, if they get some wins and they get in playoff contention, they do have the re- the most rest before that Final Four. Um, yeah, so we have all the f- same Final Four teams. Um, again, the Outlaws, I think, you know, just because of the leadership from, you know, John Grant Jr., um, and Max Adler on that team, I think you can't count them out. But uh, it will be interesting to see what they do without Zach Courier, without Eli Gobrek, Finn Sullivan. I think that's why Tom Rigney coming on is huge for them. They get a you know a really solid defender. Um, even though he's a rookie, I think he can step in and really make an impact on that squad. Um, you know, I don't think they're going to be as good as they were last year, but you still have Aslanian on the attack. You know, they're still going to put up points. Ryan Lee is still going to be a force on the attack. They still have Mikey Schlosser uh, dodging from the midfield. Dan Bacaro. Um, they added him on attack. I think he's going to have a really good rookie season. So, you know, they're another team that might be flying a little bit under the radar, you know, compared to the Bayhawks and the Cannons. But they can also be a contender. I have them winning, you know, three, going three and two. Um, but, you know, they could easily, too, surprise people and go 5-0. and um, I think it's really them, Bayhawks, and Cannons uh, as the top three teams in the league. You know, we've kind of been accustomed to them. Uh, that kind of being the case anyway, but uh, I think, you know, it's going to still be the same thing with this, this series. But with that, let's put our money where our mouth is, Adam. Who do you like to make it to the championship and then eventually win the championship? Yeah, this is, I, I strategically selected my, my four uh, playoff teams uh, from my head and my heart, I guess you could say. Obviously, those top three squads we have similar, and then uh, Philly, sneaking in there just because I'd love to see uh, the Philly squad make the playoffs. Um, I do see the Cannons beating Philly in that first uh, semifinal game. Their offense is just too potent. I was super excited uh, to see a rematch of last year's championship in the other semifinal game against the Bayhawks and Outlaws. I have the Outlaws avenging uh, their loss in the title game last year uh, to the uh, Bayhawks. I have the championship Cannons, Outlaws. And I just, like I've been mentioning, I think that Cannon squad is too potent of an offense. And I think the Cannons are your 2020 MLL champs. All right. I have the, the same MLL champion as you. I do like the Cannons. Um, but I'm going Cannons over Bayhawks. I think the Bayhawks get the best of the Outlaws. Again, a lot of talent still on that Bayhawks offense. When you have MVP Lyle Thompson, he's going to cause some problems on that defense. Um, you know, the Outlaws, though, I think they're hungry for revenge. And if that's the – one of our final four matchups is the Outlaws Bayhawks. I think we couldn't ask for a better one. Uh, I really hope that's what it ends up being. Um, or maybe we get a rematch in the title game too, depending on how things shake out. But I know we're not differing a lot on, on a lot of these, but I, I do like the Cannons a lot. Again, you know, I think they're the strongest team. I think Coach Cork did a great job of assembling this team this off season. 
Um, and they're also my pick for the 2020 MLO Championship. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Today, I also want to talk to you about our affiliate Stitcher Premium. You can use Stitcher Premium to listen to shows ad-free like Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend, Wolverine the Lost Trail, or our personal favorite, The Fantasy Footballers. For only $4.99 a month or $39.99 a year, you get access to Stitcher Originals, bonus episodes, and comedy albums. If you visit Stitcher.com today and use the code lacrosse, you can get one month of Stitcher Premium for free. So head on over to Stitcher.com, sign up, and get your free trial today. So with that, though, that wraps up our preview. But uh, let's go to our interview with Sandy Brown, hear a little bit what he had to say, you know, previewing this upcoming season. It is their 20th anniversary season. So let's hear from Commissioner Sandy Brown about the upcoming 2020 MLL season. We are excited to have Major League Lacrosse Commissioner Sandy Brown joining us again today to discuss the league's announcement for their 20th anniversary season that will take place later this month in Annapolis, Maryland. Sandy, welcome to the show. We appreciate you joining us. First off, we want to talk about the, the big announcement. Um, you know, we know this has been in the works for a while since you guys you know, initially announced that you were postponing the season due to COVID-19. So walk us through a little bit about the timeline and the process of making this decision um, to do this one-week season in Annapolis. Well, obviously it required a lot of discussion with our players to make sure that we were whatever we were going to do were, uh, was going to be done uh, with their interests. Um, at heart and turn in particular their safety. Um, so we spent a lot of time analyzing various options, um, including being in multiple cities. As you are aware, we have two new franchises this year, one in Philadelphia and one in Connecticut. And we certainly wanted to have those fans have the opportunity to be able to see their teams um, and obviously create a situation that is, as normal as possible, I should say, um, in this current environment. And after a lot of, of discussion, we felt that it was best for us to be in one location and um, effectively be in a bubble mm-hmm. um, so that we could really keep track of, of all of our players, all the those associated with the event, um, and really create an environment that was as safe as possible for everyone. Um, so that we could make this happen. And <clears throat> in terms of where we were going to hold the event, the state of Maryland, um, in particular, Governor Hogan has done an incredible job mm-hmm. in terms of uh, managing this whole COVID uh, pandemic. And it just so happened that we have had a lot of great and rich history in the city of Annapolis. Yep. The Naval Academy was gracious enough, uh, Vice Admiral Buck, to give us a place to hold the event. And we, uh, we decided that um, with all the stars aligned, this was going to make the most amount of sense for us. So and we also, and, and the other thing I will tell you is that, that Chesapeake Bayhawks are obviously the defending champions. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, this, Annapolis is a, a tremendous place to be able to do anything, uh, much less play lacrosse, and it just all worked out that way. 
Fantastic. Yeah, and we're super excited to see the players hit the field. So let's kind of talk about the players a little bit. Uh, you mentioned player safety is a precedent. What uh, kind of conversations were you having with the players' council um, and some other players to make sure that this is, is a safe environment for them to be in? Well, we, um, I guess we start with a protocol. We started off with the Bundesliga mm -hmm. uh, protocol, which is a voluminous document that is incredibly comprehensive and we use that as our basis. And then we brought in state officials. We brought in uh, a number of physicians, many of which are associated with the other professional leagues. I um, reached out to Adam Silver, who's the commissioner of the NBA, who's an old friend of mine, to get some context in terms of what they were doing. So really it was a combination of a lot of best practices from a number of different vantage points. And we came up with a very comprehensive, um, very comprehensive protocol that basically assuaged any of the concerns from our physicians and in turn assuaged any of the concerns from our players. And we, all of the players had a chance to look at this protocol, weigh in, provide their input, and they were suitably, um, uh, they were suitably uh, pleased with what we had put in front of them and and, uh, and felt this was something that was done with their best interest at heart. And as a result, we followed the thing to the letter of the law. And, you know, it means that we're, um, it means that we are um, in a situation where we are getting uh, uh, an environment or providing an environment that is going to be one which is going to allow us to be able to have the best lacrosse we possibly can in very difficult circumstances um, in a condensed, period of time that, um, um, you know, we need to make sure that we put on a great show. And I think our guys are eager, eager to do it. No, yeah, that's great. And I think it's nice too, that you mentioned that you talk with Adam Silver a little bit. The NBA is going to be returning uh, later this month. You guys are actually getting ahead of a lot of the leagues though, in re your return. Um, and that also gives you the opportunity to be on ESPN's family of networks on ESPN plus. So talk to us a little bit about this broadcast deal with ESPN. Um, and what excites you the most about, you know, televising all these lacrosse games? Well, I mean, they, they, we haven't seen lacrosse on television since the beginning of March. And the fact is that um, they are leaning in on this um, really well this year. So I'm, I'm excited about that. I think we, um, you know, we'll have three games right now on linear on ESPN2 on the um, 19th of July. And then we'll have another game on the, uh, our championship game, obviously, in the 26th. So we may get more. We'll see what happens. I mean, last year uh, we uh, ended up – they made some changes at the, in the week leading up to our Final Four, and it all worked out. Mm -hmm. So, um, we'll, you know, we'll see. But the fact of the matter is is that we'll have the A team in terms of talent uh, with Joe Beninati and Quinn Kessenick and, of course, um, Booker Cargan and Don Zimmerman. Um, uh, will be involved. So, um, you know, we've, we're excited about that. Yeah, getting the crew back together, right? That, that'll be a lot of fun to listen in and watch. And, you know, kind of going off the ESPN uh, side of things, let's talk a bit, a little bit about some new sponsorships you have with Palacross and Signature, uh, in addition to renewing a few with New Balance and Cascade. How important uh, was it really to get these sponsors on board for, for this condensed season? Well, it's always important when you have new sponsors and we we had conversations with a number of the different uh, endemics as well as 
a lot of the non-endemics. And I think one of the issues that anybody is faced with in this environment where they're providing product is being able to get access to that product. And mm -hmm. a lot of the, um, as you know, with all the manufacturing that's done in China, for example, um, that's that pipeline has certainly been compromised as a result of COVID. And so, um, you know, we haven't been able to get, uh, there are probably some uh, sponsors that, that uh, you know, we would probably would like to have gotten and I know would like to have been a part of it, but they couldn't activate because they didn't have product. So in any event, it is what it is. And, and um, we're excited that we have uh, the support that we do. And as I said, we're, we're all about trying to put on a, a really good show. No, that's, I think that's great. And I think the final thing we want to kind of know too is like how, how is your excitement level too for the fact that this is the 20th anniversary season? I know you guys have been putting a lot into, um, you know, discussing the history of the league on social media and on your website. Um, so how important was it too for you guys to return to play and, you know, get this 20th anniversary season uh, out there in 2020? Well, I, I think it was, I think it was critical um, that we, that we did this. Um, I think, for a lot of reasons for the sporting world, for the lacrosse world. Um, you know, we've, we've been around for 20 years. We've had the best in the sport that played in this league. Um, we have some great storylines this year. Um, of course, Lyle Thompson coming back, John Grant Jr. Um, you know, you know, he's going to be at Hopkins uh, here in the fall. Um, we have two new franchises. We have the Chesapeake Bayhawks is um, uh, trying to defend, and obviously the Denver Outlaws are going to have something to say about that. And some very strong teams coming out of Boston, out of Philadelphia, out of New York. So I, I think it's going to be just a great week of lacrosse, and if you're a fan, it's just something you're not going to want to miss. And our guys are excited to get out there, and it's going to be taxing. It's, it's Maryland. It's the second half of July. And we're playing a lot of games in a short period of time, but I think you're going to still see some tremendous across. Yeah, no, it's going to be super exciting to watch. There'll be two games on uh, every day, pretty much from the start. I think three on that uh, opening day. Um, we're certainly excited to watch it on ESPN. You mentioned Joey B. Uh, Joe Beninati is going to be broadcasting. I'm a Caps fan, so I love to hear that. I love when he makes his way back on the lacrosse. Uh, so really excited about that. We appreciate you joining us, Commissioner Brown. Um, and again, best of luck with this uh, 2020 season. Thanks a lot for having me. All right, so that was our chat with Commissioner Brown. We appreciate him coming on. Uh, again, you know, we ho hope some of those games get flexed, uh, you know, maybe to ESPN2 or ESPNU. Again, not holding my breath for that, but that would be really nice if that does happen. Uh, but still, you know, sign up for that ESPN Plus subscription. Pretty cheap, I think. Uh, we're going to get 18 games throughout this week. It's going to be really exciting uh, to watch. I'm really glad that they were able to get a season still and, you know, having it in Annapolis at Navy Marine Corps Memorial Stadium is going to be pretty cool too. It's a great venue. No fans going to be there, but at least uh, you'll have that atmosphere um, that we're accustomed to, you know, with the Bayhawks as well as, you know, past championships as well. So I think it's a good, good venue. Hopefully everyone stays safe. Um, I, you know, again, it's going to be interesting. I, I think it's not a matter of if someone gets sick, but when, so hopefully, you know, I think they have the correct protocols in place to, to alleviate that. I know everyone's getting tested daily before they enter that bubble. Um, but it will be interesting to see, you know, sports. We're seeing a lot with the MLS and the women's soccer, too, is, uh, you know, teams are having to pull out because people are getting sick. So that's another thing to kind of temper our expectations on is we do have to still deal with this pandemic. Uh, but hopefully we get a full season of MLL lacrosse. Uh, I know you're excited, Adam. I am, too. Um, but with that, that wraps up our MLL preview.
Thank you guys for listening, and we hope you tune in next time to Pro Lacrosse Talk. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Today, I also want to talk to you about our affiliate Parkside Cards. Parkside Cards is your go-to source for Major League Lacrosse trading cards. They have a variety of packs on their website, including a box set that comes with four tickets to an MLL game, and a Lyle Thompson signature pack that comes with a limited edition signed Lyle Thompson card. And the best part is we've teamed up with Parkside Cards to provide you with a special discount. Simply visit parksidecards.com and use the code PLT to save 20% on your order today.